Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. First Republic, PacWest, Silicon Valley Bank, just a few of the latest casualties in the banking crisis. Don't wait for the email reading, sorry, your account has been frozen. Your accounts aren't safe. Call American Alternative Assets at 866-3USA-GOLD to claim your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call now, 866-387-2465. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome. Great to have you with us today. There's a new metaphor for our political chaos in the United States. It's a volcano in central Mexico, less than an hour from the capital, Mexico City. It's threatening 22 million people. Three million are now on alert to evacuate. The eruption is getting stronger. The volcano rumbling, creating geysers of steam and ash, rattling, thundering, rock blasting from its throat, crashing down over lava, flowing out over the rim and red-hot gravel falling from the sky above the summit, steam and ash spewing from the volcano's throat, and geologists say they can't predict what happens next. In our capital city, frayed nerves as well. A new whistleblower has emerged. New documents sent to Congress this week reveal a second IRS whistleblower has come forward with new information on the Department of Justice probe of Hunter Biden's tax fraud case. This new whistleblower, the second IRS whistleblower, is a special agent in the IRS International Tax and Financial Crimes Division. The whistleblower alleges that two of Joe Biden's appointees at the Department of Justice interfered in the IRS investigation trying to block charges against Hunter Biden for tax violations. They, along with another whistleblower, are expected to appear Friday before the House Ways and Means Committee, where they will testify about the rampant corruption at the DOJ and what they know about interference in the investigation of the president's son. Meanwhile, a Marxist dim New York Judge Juan Merchant is presiding over the Trump's Stormy Daniels case and has set a trial date now. And as expected, his choice of date for the beginning of that trial, highly political. The date, right in the midst of the presidential primary season. March 25th, 2024. President Trump is said to be livid, outraged at what is classic judicial intervention in the electoral process. And I believe this is clear-cut election interference by a judge. I don't know what else it could be called. And speaking of the 2024 election, we're expecting Governor Ron DeSantis to make clear his presidential aspirations. The governor expected to announce at 6.30 p.m. on Twitter with Elon Musk that he's running for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. We take that up with our guest today, Congressman Corey Mills of the great state of Florida. We'll get Congressman Mills' reaction to it all, DeSantis facing an uphill battle even with big money from the likes of Elon Musk. 
The latest polling for Morning Consult has President Trump beating DeSantis by nearly 40 points in a primary, and Real Clear Politics has Trump up 37 points. A long road ahead for the GOP nomination. Joining us now, Congressman Corey Mills, who represents Florida's 7th Congressional District. He sits on the House Armed Services and Foreign Affairs Committees. Congressman Mills, it's great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Before we take up Trump versus DeSantis, I want to first turn to what's on everyone's mind, and that's the debt ceiling negotiations, those talks between President Biden and the House Speaker. Your sense on what's happening and where we're headed. Well, I think that right now, the Republican Party as a whole, you know, Joe Biden and the Dems didn't think that we could come together to get the necessary votes to pass a debt ceiling. And they did the same mistake by H.R. 1 and H.R. 2 and uh, even in the parental rights bill and the D.C. crime bill. So uh, once again, they've underestimated that we're willing to stand for conservative principles. And we've come together now and passed one of the most conservative and fiscally responsible debt ceiling increases that I've seen in my lifetime. Things like going back to fiscal year 22 as our baseline numbers, looking at instead of doing a a three and a half or four percent increase, but a one percent increase per year, looking at clawing back appropriations or allocations that are not used, like things in the COVID vaccine uh, or COVID uh, uh, pandemic, where there's you know hundreds of billions of dollars that are out there. The uh, executive order that Joe Biden signed that is a complete bypass of legislation to. Uh, the tune of $500 billion in tuition bailouts, uh, the 87,000 IRS agent allocations and some of the funding in the IRA. You know, these are all things that are not the D.C. dance of five to 10 years down the road, but these would be clawbacks to the tune of $1.2 trillion in fiscal year 24, knowing that it's only a $1.47 trillion increase to begin with. So when you look at this, and you look at how we've rebalanced our baseline finances to 22 with that 1%, you're talking about a nearly $4.8 trillion uh, decrease in our budget, which is a lot of money, as you know. And so when you look at that, you start looking at the RAINS Act, which stops overregulation of businesses. You start looking at securing our borders so that we can slow down on, on draining down some of the social programs that need to exist, like our Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Um, these are things that have to occur to allow the GDP to exceed our national debt spending. And Speaker McCarthy has stood strong on this, as has Republicans who are in solidarity and unified. And we're not going to deal with the you know, threats of, of defaulting. If Biden wants to default and the Democrats want to default, that is on them. But we are at the table willing to negotiate to get a solution in place. And I don't care if Hakeem Jeffries wants to bring his discharge petition, which he doesn't have the numbers for. But we will not sign a clean debt ceiling to draw more money and more stress where every child being born right now is saddled with $100,000 in debt per person. Yeah, it's it, This is a crisis, and no one wants to acknowledge it because corporate America is having its way with the Biden regime. Uh, those borders are wide open. The, the uh, what? We, got, we have an estimate of six to eight million illegal immigrants will have been uh, allowed into this country by the end of this year. 
That's extraordinary. It is uh, punishing to taxpayers, and they are outright competitors for wages uh, with working Americans and their families. It's outrageous, and you guys, and, uh, and I should say it differently, all of you in the 118th Congress are making a real difference right now in just the tone you're setting and these investigations and standing fast. I, I, I want to point out to a lot of folks, having raised in this bill spending to a trillion and a half dollars with those conditions, uh, is smart because the way for Joe Biden to get that debt ceiling raised is simply sign that bill, right? Right. That's exactly right. And one of the things that you just touched on, I want to reiterate to, to all the listeners here is that, you know, you talked about getting control of the 6.1 million people who's crossed our borders since Joe Biden has taken control and how that threatens certain job competition. Well, that's why it was so important for us to ensure that work requirements was entered into this debt ceiling, whereby if you are an able-bodied man and woman who is able to get out into the workforce, you shouldn't be incentivized by the federal government not to work. You should be given the opportunity to actually have jobs that allow you to work to get yourself out of poverty. And so, you know, the idea that, you know, Joe Biden's threatening to uh, vetoed this just based on work requirements. Now, bear in mind, this is the same individual who proposed the 20-hour work requirements back when he was a senator. But oh, this yeah. is also the same guy, note that, and even the videos are out there, who threatened to get rid of Medicare and Medicaid, not three times, but four times, as he's actually shown and proven. So the hypocrisy, which probably isn't even a hypocrisy at this point, because he can't remember what he had for lunch, but the, the, the reality is, is that Joe Biden has actually requested the very things that are in our bills and now threatens to veto them when it's protecting the American workers. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to remind everybody that I'm, I'm the guy who said, I don't think that there should be a fight over the debt ceiling uh, for one reason. Uh, well, actually, two reasons, but one principal reason. One is that this president, I, I don't think anybody can name a single instance in which President Biden has acted, uh, initiated, or made any decision that is in the national interest. And I can't help but suspect that he is absolutely uh, indifferent to whether or not we see a, a, a catastrophe in the markets as a result of a, of a debt default if it comes to that. That, to me, is the great mistake in this discussion because it's giving him credit for caring about something I think he he would in fact intend i hope i'm wrong about that and i think that you and everyone in the 118th congress are right to pursue it but i this man is not rational he is not uh he's nothing more than an impaired puppet for the marxist dims who run the democrat party and himself uh it's it's a very high stakes issue but you had to do something because otherwise the country will be even further down a, uh, a, a, a well, a, a chasm of, of disasters created by this president. Well, that's exactly right, Lou. And again, if the president was serious about trying to get a debt ceiling increase, then why did they not come up with a single plan? You know, the Republican Party in the House are the only ones who are passing real legislation. Let's talk about what the Senate has done under the Democrat leadership and Chuck Schumer. They passed one major bill, and that major bill, in my opinion, they proposed 
was to make March, I think it was, or May, I can't remember which month, maple syrup month. I mean, that's the importance of what the Senate is doing right now. And meanwhile, they want to attack a conservative debt ceiling bill that gets the job done. But to your point, Lou, I think you're right. He doesn't care if it falls into the quagmire of uh, a debt default. It almost works to his advantage as he continues to try and weaken us militarily, economically, and politically. But I think the bigger issue that we're going to face here is that it's continual lies. I know Secretary Yellen has said that the fiscal cliff is on June 1st, but I actually think that if you look at when this debt sitting is occurring, one of the questions that I had is that, does that take into account all of the actual federal taxes that the U.S. government is going to be taking in and how that actually starts to reflect moving out? So this could be something where they're telling everyone in a fear-mongering tactic that June 1st is this scary day, which, hey, if it is, let's get the deal done. But I still think that they're exaggerating that, and it could be mid-June to early July if you think about what type of income actually is received by the federal government to what our expenditures are. But here's the scary part, and I'm just going to put it this way. We've already paid, to date, almost $600 billion just this year in interest payments alone, no principal. You're now starting to talk about the fact that we're spending a trillion-plus dollars a year and interest not on principle. This is a real issue that should not be a Democrat or Republican issue, but an American issue. So we have to get control of the federal government and their overspending. We have to get the checks and balances in place, but we also have to return and allow industry and market to drive policy that sees domestic production growth and stop the reliancy on nations like China, Russia, and other adversaries that are flooding our market with their goods but not promoting American production, which enables us to be able to exceed. Again, I'm a former business owner. My account payables cannot exceed my account receivables. If it does, it's called insolvency. That is what we have been for far too long. So it's time to get control over it. It's time to put the reins on things and start actually steering it and get course correction. And that's what this debt ceiling increase at the Republican House has provided. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We are talking with Congressman Corey Mills. We're going to take a quick break as the Great America Show continues. Stay with us. We're coming right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is a warning, my fellow Americans. The news just broke, and it's grim. The banking collapse of 2023 is now more devastating than the banking collapse of 2008. First Republic, PacWest, Silicon Bank, just a few of the latest casualties in this banking crisis. And don't wait for the email reading, quote, sorry, your account has been frozen, end quote. 
Take action now to protect what we've all worked so hard to build. Believe me, you can protect your wealth by utilizing a straightforward tax loophole that's entirely legal. Call my friends at American Alternative Assets. Ask them for your free wealth protection guide. Call 866-3-USA-GOLD. That's right. Call now, 866-386-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without tax consequence. Call American Alternative Assets at 866-3-USA-GOLD to claim your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call now, 866-387-2465. We're back talking with Congressman Corey Mills. Congressman, you were just talking about this should be a Democrat and a Republican issue as is the case for so many issues, including the border foreign policy, it isn't. Uh, We are watching a president who seems determined to destroy this country with every every act uh, that he uh, undertakes, uh, every step he takes seems designed to do the worst for for America. I think the days of Republican and Democrat are pretty much over. Uh, We're looking at Marxist Democrats, uh, we're looking at Republicans uh, who are m- divided uh, between rhinos uh, and, and conservatives, uh, some moderates, but it's a different world. And I just don't think that we can count on the goodwill uh, of the loyal opposition because it's neither loyal uh, and not simply opposition. Uh, it's an adversary. Well, I think that you're exactly right, Lou. And I, I, I made this exact comment when I was on the trail during my campaign to 22. And I said, we have to look at things for what they really are today. It's no longer Republican versus Democrat. It's no longer conservative versus socialist. It's now America versus anti-America. And that's really where we are right now as a nation. We have to start making decisions whereby each of our thoughts is based on constitutionality and the principles that allow us to get back to American exceptionalism. We have to start thinking about the ideas of securing and protecting our sovereignty to making sure that our streets are uh, being properly policed, and that we are not seeing crime run rampant to where our American uh, citizens are scared to actually do their day-to-day duties. We have to provide opportunity. And again, we're a nation which is about equal opportunity, not equal outcome. That is the difference between equity and equality. Equality is about the ability and the outcome that you are allowed to get based on your work performance. Equity is nothing more than a socialist ideology that talks about redistribution. And so, you know, I, I think that you're, you're spot on when you talk about, one, the fact that there isn't really a Democrat-Republican side. It's the America-Anti-America side. But also, I, I would say that in this 118th Congress, and especially with the freshman class that we had coming in, of which a large majority were combat veterans such as myself, you know, we're really constitutionalists at the end of the day. You know, we respect and understand that the seven articles and 27 amendments are our safeguards and our guardrails, if you will, to how we perform and operate for the American people. But again, I go back to the original thing, which is that I will never be a politician. It's time to be statesmen. It's time to be real representatives. It's time to look at what is best for the American people, not an ideology or a political agenda that drags us into the abyss. And so we have to start now getting back to that. And, and, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, being a part of this conference, being a part of the 118th Congress, 
I really truly believe if you look at the bills that we're passing and we put on the floor, that's exactly what we're doing securing our borders, getting our debt under control, making sure there's no overregulation of businesses so they can thrive, making sure that we protect life, making sure that we stop the unelected bureaucrats who think they're lawmakers from violating our rights and our liberties and start actually holding adversaries accountable and stop calling them competitors and start calling them for what they are. Stop this interventionist ideology or mindset, but also not getting into the difficulties of being an isolationist, being protectionist building our military, stopping the DEI and the CRT and the ESG, stopping these social experimentations and the, you know, this predator-prey mechanism whereby our children are being utilized. So that's what this 118th Congress stands for, and I think that you see it. I think that uh, great representatives like Congressman Jim Jordan and others see it, and I'm very proud to be a part of this. Well, it's it's uh, good of you to include me in that illustrious uh, list. I have to say, I, I, I am so fearful uh, of Joe Biden. Right now, he has got this country, uh, as we used to say out west, uh, by the tail with a downhill drag. Uh, I, I don't see how we can do anything very expediently, very quickly to stop what is a march toward disaster. Uh, what are we going to do? Deport uh, Eight, 10 million illegal immigrants? I mean, is that what we're going to do? No one wants to even talk about that. That's how intimidated the the Republicans are on the issue of uh, illegal immigration and border security. We have to secure that border. You mentioned fentanyl. My gosh, this is, you know, 100,000 Americans a day, a, a day. It's bad, but not that bad. 100,000 Americans a year are simply collateral damage. Uh, and there's no war on drugs. There is a wide open border. And Joe Biden, for all the world, looks like he has signed a treaty uh, with the, the drug cartels. He's turned over control of our southern border to the cartels. That's exactly right. And let's just go ahead and paint the picture with facts on this. You know, in 2018, these same Mexican drug cartels had about a $500 million a year revenue stream. Let's go to last year under Joe Biden for the full year of 2021, whereby it's now increased to a $13 billion a year industry, of which 40 plus percent is just in the child and human sex trafficking. You know, we talk about and the Democrats want to say all the time that they care so much about the health crisis. You know, that's why the pandemic was so important. And, you know, COVID was such a, a pivotal moment. Well, why don't we talk about the fact that we spend tens of billions of dollars to treat infectious diseases around the world by USAID and all these other organizations. And yet we're allowing our borders to be open right now. That's allowing some people from countries that have the highest transmission rates of tuberculosis. I mean, we have a human crisis at our border. We have a national security crisis at our border. We have an economic crisis at our border. I mean, we're allowing more people to come across per day than we utilize during the D-Day invasions. We have to recognize this for what it is. And that's why when it came to H.R. 2, which is the most conservative border uh, bill that's ever come to the floor, that was even echoed by Congressman Chip Roy and the Texas delegation. This really gets us back to those Trump uh, policies, if you will, the remain in Mexico's, the finishing the wall, the uh, supporting and providing a more robust asset and allocation and manning for our CBP and our ICE, you know, ensuring that we can actually stomp out what is going on and label under the FTO, the foreign terrorist organization, you know, things like our Mexican cartels that are actually here to do us harm. But this is not just the Mexican cartels. 
This is a bigger picture of things, and I've warned about this for five-plus years. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, some of our greatest adversaries, they are using these open borders in an effort to try and go ahead and attack and kill Americans through the utilization of fentanyl. And we know that in the Darien Gap, there are mainland Chinese who are printing fentanyl pills in between Honduras and Panama who are allowing these to be muled in at a we will pay your fee, it's for the ferry, if you will, to come in and utilize that to poison Americans. And as you alluded to, 100,000 Americans are dying a year. That's more than any war that we're involved in or any war that we're trying to utilize as a proxy. We need to start understanding that the real threat to our democracy, the real threat to our American sovereignty, and the real threat to the American people is here on our own shores. And that's why our founding fathers understood that we must protect our constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Domestic being the key right now. And so securing our border, as you said, Lou, is such a critical thing in order for us to try and get ahead as Americans. Well, we are getting word uh, that uh, there's going to be a very interesting development uh, with with Governor Ron DeSantis, who's announced that he is uh, going to be uh, announcing for president uh, with him, apparently, uh, to announce his run uh, is going to be none other than Elon Musk. Now, that's uh, early reporting. Uh, we'll see what that means. And we'll get your reaction, Congressman, if we may. Right after this quick break, we're talking with Congressman Corey Mills. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back with Congressman Corey Mills. Congressman, your thoughts about the latest entrant uh, into the Republican presidential sweepstakes, and that, of course, is Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Well, you know, look, I, I, I'm very blessed. Uh, as, as Warren Buffett said, if you were born in America, you'd already won the lottery. I would uh, go one step further to say if you were born in Florida, you'd hit the jackpot. Look, I live in the freest state in the country. I'm very proud to be a multi-generational Floridian, greatest state uh, I, I've ever been in. I think we have an amazing governor. I think that he's done a great job kind of keeping things on the rails and helping to go after uh, CRT and some of the indoctrination in our schools for the K through three parental rights bill, though I would argue it should have went through K through 12. Um, but the reality is, is that even with Governor DeSantis wanting to get into this race, you know, we don't need a four year or an eight year solution. We're going to need a 12 year solution. And Florida needs to, we've elected a governor for four years not to run to build up your national profile. What we really need, and I've endorsed very early on, I was one of the first four, 
and the Florida delegation who endorsed our president, uh, Donald J. Trump. What we need is someone who understands truly how the D.C. swamp operates and the big establishment. We need someone who has a proven foreign policy track record. When you look at President Trump's policies, you look at things like replacement of the U.S. or the NAFTA with USMCA. You look at the Abrams Accord. You look at the China Phase One deal that saw hundreds of billions back into our agriculture and our farmers in the Rust Belt and across America, understanding food security is national security. But you have something that is even far more powerful. President Trump, unlike anyone else who's entering in this race, regardless of how crowded the field gets, he doesn't have a re-election looming over his head whereby he can make the necessary aggressive course corrections to get America back on track without the fear of a re-election looming or trying to impede him from his decision-making process. Everyone else who runs in this field, they're going to be thinking about how do I get elected for my second term if they come into office. With President Trump, you get an America first agenda. You get back to the same policies we're trying to pass right now when it comes to H.R. 2 and the border bill, the same policies that we're trying to pass with this debt ceiling that allows our GDP and business owners to actually thrive and increase past our national debt ratios. The same guy who is willing to hold our adversaries accountable and take out individuals like Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi of ISIS or Qasem Soleimani and Abu Mahdi al-Mahandis of the Iranian regimes, but also a person who stood for holding our allies accountable as well, like making sure that Germany and Italy and France, who don't do it now but did under President Trump, paid their 2% of GDP for NATO. We started getting back to a real America first uh, government that allowed us to be able to put the American people as our priority, while simultaneously allowing us to be very strong and very respected on the world stage, something we don't have any longer since Biden's botched Afghan withdrawal. I personally don't see whereby Governor DeSantis can provide the same level of governance and the America first principles as we can under President Trump. And so what I would like to see is our great governor to go ahead and remain as governor, and he's welcome to come in in 2028. But right now, what America needs is a proven tracker or a proven CEO and a proven America first conservative, and that's President Donald J. Trump. And there, and, and there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, DeSantis uh, stepping in uh, and Somewhat dis- disrespectfully, I, I think most people would say because he was, of course, endorsed by President Trump. Very important to his being elected initially and his as governor. Gubernatorial campaign on President Trump, and he is a, a, a America First, uh, post, posting himself up as a as a Make America Great Again candidate. Uh, you would think you were listening to sometimes uh, to the the Trump agenda word for word. But we also have uh, now Elon Musk saying that he will support DeSantis. And I think I'd like to get your opinion of what you think the impact of an Elon Musk. He's got what I think 140 million followers on Twitter, which he also owns. Uh, that's a powerful, powerful uh, person to have uh, their support. It's a very powerful person to have. I mean, look, it's the equivalent of You know, when you saw in Florida where the majority of Florida delegates actually started endorsing President Trump, even though the governor himself is supposed to be representing the state of Florida, that was a very powerful message. I think that Elon Musk, who is an incredible businessman, he uh, has done the right thing with the Twitter file drops. He's an individual who definitely can move the needle in some regards. But now you're talking about Governor DeSantis getting into a race whereby 
he's 30-plus points down. You got a guy who cannot win the Rust Belt when you think about the fact that President Trump put hundreds of billions of dollars in farmers' pockets. You've got a guy who, in my opinion, I don't think that he would be able to go toe-to-toe with someone like President Trump when it comes to the debate stage. And so while it's important, the thing that I know a lot of people are going to be concerned with is, well, how does this work with Twitter, who we knew prior to Elon Musk's purchasing was shadow banning, was intentionally suspending those who had a different uh, mindset, uh, was really targeting conservatives, things like that. I don't think that we would have that same concern, because I will say that I, I appreciate that Elon Musk is really about free speech. Um, I think what Elon is thinking is that there's a misconception that President Trump, while he can easily win the primary, couldn't win the uh, actual general. I disagree with this. I think it's a false narrative. I think that he has the best chance of actually defeating President Biden. And I think that what we need right now is to understand where were we when it came to all the Republicans who was talking about tax reform. You know, there were so many uh, presidents who came before President Trump who claimed they were going to do something. President Trump actually did it. Where was the rest of the presidents, Democrat and Republican alike, when they said they were going to recognize Jerusalem as its rightful capital? No one did it. President Trump stood up there and he got it done. Where was everyone on the Abrams Accord, which hadn't been done since 1994 and 1979 prior to that with Egypt, in trying to get and ensure the prosperity and stabilization of the Middle East? President Trump did that. So when we start looking at this as as influential as Elon Musk is, and as much as I respect his fight for free speech, I just don't think that it's going to move the needle enough to where we're going to see Ron DeSantis even come close to etching out the Republican nominee. We need to unify right now. We need to unify behind President Trump and a conservative agenda that allows bold course corrections for a president who already understands how the swamp operates who already knows he has no re-election, can make the decisions that need to be made unpopular or not, and a president who will hold our adversaries accountable and get us back to where we are being respected on the world stage. If not, we better start learning Mandarin real quick because we already know that this government is compromised and it is moving towards an America last agenda that actually advances China, Russia, Iran, and their geopolitical alignment gains and strengths. And so we have to start thinking about a president who can do the right things to hold them accountable. In my mind, that's undoubtedly President Donald J. Trump. I think there are a host of reasons why Donald Trump is the pre- preferable candidate for 2024. Uh, chief, chief among those is uh, he has endured eight long years, almost eight long years now, of political persecution by the Marxist left without anybody standing up and breaking this cycle of ignorance and viciousness on the part of the Democrat Party. Not one leader in it has stood up for Donald Trump. Very few leaders have stood up for President Trump in his own party. And I think the American people understand fully uh, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys here. And only one of them is wearing a white hat among, as far as I'm concerned, among those people uh, looking to be president in 24, Democrat and Republican. I, I just can't even imagine why we wouldn't put Donald Trump in the White House by acclamation, unanimous acclamation for all that he has done for this country and for all that the left and the rhinos have done to him. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure that there will be a a real hard-knuckle fight uh, over 2024. I I just can't. uh, And by the way, among the questions that will be asked, if Elon Musk is going to put himself in position of being shoulder to shoulder with DeSantis is, you know, how just how free of Chinese influence is he? Uh, He has uh, Apple, for example, 
has they have basically their whole company tied up in China. How how complacent complicit will they be with Chinese uh, policy? I I uh, find it very difficult to uh, to embrace the idea that you would have anyone with, who is so conflicted uh, as an Apple or a uh, Tesla or I, I give and I give by the way I respect deeply uh, Elon Musk all that he's accomplished uh, with uh, the you know the uh, SpaceX uh, with Tesla uh, it, it's remarkable but I I don't want to see that kind of conflict near the president of the United States or we'd have just basically what we've got now uh, this president compromised by China compromised by God knows how many countries and all of Wall Street and corporate America as well and congressman this is uh, where we always give our guests the the last word and if I may uh, we'll ask for your concluding thoughts well thanks again for allowing me to be on Lou it's great to be able to be on uh, the great American show with you you know, again, I talk about the 118th Congress and our conservative principles. I talk about the fact that we will stand in solidarity and unification when it comes to uh, our debt ceiling, with the fiscal responsibilities, with ensuring that we secure our borders, with holding those accountable for their malign activities, whether that be China or whether that be our own government. As the FBI and the State Department, as you know, has refused multiple times to share key documents from the American people in transparency. We will look at making sure that you know, Biden does not continue on his interventionist path, but that we look at an America first agenda and through hard work, through determination, through the America first way, we will see our president, President Trump, back in the White House in 2024 and leading us towards prosperity, which is what we need. And I appreciate you being a part of that and for advocating so heavily. So thank you again, Lou. Uh, I'm always here. God bless. If you need anything, please don't hesitate. Congressman, thank you so much. We appreciate it, Congressman Corey Mills. And that's all for us today. Please join us back here tomorrow. Our guest will be Professor Paul Bracken, Yale professor, brilliant author of numerous books and articles on political science, business, and defense. And one book in particular, The Second Nuclear Age. We take that up with Professor Bracken here tomorrow. Please join us for that and more. Until then... Thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America.